Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, May 9th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page two, the second paragraph, beginning with, by the time I had completed the course and reading through one paragraph ending with, I discovered many more reasons later on. Today's readers are Esther F. The Twelve Steps, Barb W. The Twelve Traditions. Our big book readers are Katie G. In the text, Loretta H. Page 164, and Rachel P. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Rebecca A., and our second hour moderator is Betsy H. The share ID for Sunday, May 8, 2022, is 18,935. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Esther. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Barb W., recovering in Illinois. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for your service. Thank you, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what we've read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on page two. The second paragraph, beginning with, by the time I had completed the course and reading through one paragraph, ending with, I discovered many more reasons later on. I will now ask Katie G to begin reading. Hey, good morning, Rick. This is Katie G, and I am a compulsive eater in Boston. By the time I had completed the course, I knew the law was not for me. The inviting maelstrom of Wall Street had me in its grips. Business and financial leaders were my heroes. Out of the alloy of drink and speculation, I commenced to forge the weapon that one day would turn its flight like a boomerang and all but cut me to ribbons. Living modestly, my wife and I saved $1,000. It went into certain securities, then cheap and rather unpopular. I rightly imagined that they would someday have a great rise. I failed to persuade my broker friends to send me out looking over factories and managements. But my wife and I decided to go anyway. I had developed a theory that most people lost money in stocks through ignorance of the markets. I discovered many more reasons later on. You know, when I first read Bill's story, I thought, what does a white man uh, from ages ago have anything to do with me um, until the 
the pain of being in the food and knowing that it was not my solution, it was, uh, excuse me, that it was not my problem, it was my solution, and I had no other solution beat me into a state of reasonableness. And thanks be to God, Bill and I are on the same page today. So from this particular paragraph, the thing that struck me the most is I had developed a theory. I think it's interesting that he doesn't say that uh, alcohol is the only thing that is going to, where is it that's going to tear him apart, right? It's alcohol and speculation. And what is speculation? Well, it's making predictions. What do I make predictions with? My mind. So I have to ask myself, how do I think like Bill? How do I eat like Bill? How do I feel like Bill? So what, 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 what uh, theories are in my life today, what systems of ideas are in my life today or have been in my life that are not real, that drive me, right? So from the time I was a little girl, if I feel better, I won't eat. Well, contemporary OA sometimes tells me that this is an emotional illness. And that if I get my feelings taken care of, then I won't eat. Nowhere in my big book, page 1 through 164, does it tell me I have an emotional illness. It tells me I have a mental illness, right? I have a theory that if I get the food under control, then I'll lose the weight, I'll get the husband, I'll get the big boobs and the blonde hair and the house and the children, and then I'll be okay. That's not real. I have a theory that if I just get recovered, then I no longer have to work this program. I'm here to tell you that the worst thing that happened to a drunk like me is that I got thin in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I got married in the rooms of OA, and I have two children. Why is that a problem? Because giving an alcoholic food addict like me everything I want and then I still have a hole in the soul? Thanks be to God I have been rescued again from a state of no emotional sobriety and reminded that the central fact of my life today is God that no human power can relieve me, that I must stay entirely abstinent and work the steps, and I'll wrap up with this, and only then when I work the steps can I use, will I have proper use of the will. Why? Because God will be in my thinking. So ask yourself, what theories are holding you back that you have to have the perfect sponsor, the perfect body weight? You don't have to be abstinent to work the steps. Get get with a recovered sponsor, get abstinent and do the work so that your theories don't kill you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Phil M. Teresa P. Okay. Teresa P. Phil M. Lisa N. Lisa N. Okay. Amy L. Amy L. Who else would like to join us? 
Judith SP. Okay, Judith. Take another name or so. You guys are easy this morning. All right, I've got Phil M, Teresa P, Lisa N, Amy L, and Judith SP. Phil M, you're up, followed by Teresa P. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, thank you so much, Rick. Yes, my name is Phil. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, yeah, Phil, Phil was pretty amazing guy. You know, he, he made these decisions and he went on ahead. And, um, you know, he had wanted to prove himself important. And I think it's kind of exciting that he thought he would head a you know, head fast enterprises, which I would manage without utmost insurance. That's a wee bit earlier in the book. Um, and he kind of ended up doing that uh, with AA. How how much bigger an organisation or an enterprise, could, you know, could it be? It mightn't be financially rewarding, but certainly very spiritually rewarding for sure. Um, and I wasn't sure I had anything to share on this, but when uh, the, the first speaker there, thank you so much, had talked about series. Um, yeah, when I came into OA, I had it, lots of theories, do you know, and one of my theories was that it was okay to keep five grams per hundred gram of sugar in whatever I was eating. Uh, please, please don't hear that and think that's a good idea. That is not a good idea. It wasn't a good idea. It kept me, yeah, I, I did lose weight with that, but it was not proper abstinence. It kept me having food dreams. It kept me feeling that my absence was very wobbly. So after, you know, seven and a half years in program, only one of a half, one and a half years of those, I was kind of in that kind of strange abstinence, which was not very effective. I finally found a, a sponsor in Vision, and she encouraged me to let go of every single bit of sugar um, that that was added, you know, to, to a piece of food. And uh, that was very daunting. The hill I I nearly died on was stock cubes. I realised there was sugar in stock cubes, and I just thought, how can I make pussy food without stock cubes? No, this is too much. This is too strict. I had tried to resist, you know, this strict area, but actually, the stricter the turned out to be the softer, gentler way, and it did lead to me having an abstinence which felt much, much better. The food dreams weren't happening. And today I have a clarity of mind. When the food's in, the clarity of mind's out. And any serenity, any hope of peace, any hope of usefulness is really not there. I had never managed to sponsor. Now being in um, a vision for a couple of years, I've had numerous wonderful women. Um, I've had the privilege to sponsor. And I'm, I'm doing that today. I've uh, sponsored to talk to you straight after this meeting. And what a wonderful connection there is with my higher power and with other people who understand the hell that this addiction causes. It is life and death. It steals our life before we die. There is not life before death when we're in this addiction. And thank you so much, Rick. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Carol. Um, um, uh, Carol, hold on just a minute. We're we're going our lineup. Uh, if you want to join the lineup, we will. Uh, we'll get you on our second group of names. 
if you need to, anybody needs to know where we're at, we're on page two in the second paragraph by the time I had completed the course reading that one paragraph. And as you introduce yourselves, um, please remember to include your state. So, Teresa P., you're up next, followed by Lisa N. Go ahead, Teresa. Teresa P., hit star one to unmute. I'm Teresa P., um, recovered um, compulsive reader from California. That muting thing is really tricky. You mute, and then it gets, you get, well, you unmute, and then you get muted. So that's okay. <laughs> anyway, this was uh, a really wonderful paragraph. And uh, one more time, if I can, one more time, I can see myself marching through the paragraph. And, and, it, and it talks about I did this, and I did that and I, 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 theme song of my life. Then I decided that I needed to take control because, you know, things weren't going my way. And and then it talks, especially talks about that, you know, and I commenced to forge the weapon that would uh, one day turn around, you know, and destroy me. And it's just, and it's so true. I uh, forged the wonderful weapon of my selfishness. My self will run riot. No, I need to do this. I know what's right. Yes, I'll pray to God, but you know, I've, you know, when it's all, you know, saying to our Father, Thy will be done. But you know, you know, it's just like, you know, just like, okay, God, I need this, and this needs to happen, and and it wasn't. And so I, you know, I can't trust God because you know He just doesn't can do these important things that need to happen, and there's all this pain happening with me and those around me and um, you know I'm just not managing it and well it's just not working and it's just getting worse and worse and you know it was killing me darn and darn near killed me and you know what I get to do today and I did have a number of breakdowns but fortunately uh, one of the big ones got me in the program and and you know I get to learn that you know I am my problem and you know, and I just didn't want to look at it that way. I, you know, look at all, after all, look at what they are doing. And, of course, there's another one of my problems is quit watching what they're doing and start watching what I'm doing. And if it is all about, you know, what I am doing, what I am thinking, what I am eating, what is coming out of my mouth, what is going in and out of my mouth. And, you know, and it wasn't looking pretty, so I couldn't live in reality because, you know, it just didn't look nice. And what I get to do is, you know, Put all the food down, and then, of course, then I'm really restless, discontent, and irritable because, you know, I can't manage any of this, and that's why I have to work the steps so I can get through life because I, you know, I just want to jump out of my skin, and, you know, homicide and suicide seems like really good options, and, you know, of course, that's, and that's really crazy thinking, and, you know, and I just, what I get to do today as I get to work the steps, and I'm so grateful for that, and I get to go to meetings and learn about the nature of my disease, which is really totally out to kill me and is happy to make me miserable. The more miserable, the better. And today, you know, I don't have to stay there. So when... Gentle reminder. Thank you. And when stuff comes up, you know, it's back to the steps and the daily 10, 11, and 12, and, you know, God... It shows me what it is that I need to do to make my life a good place to be. Thank you for letting me share that. Thank you, Teresa P. 
Lisa in. You're up next, followed by Amy. I'll go ahead, Lisa. Lisa in. Hit star one to mute. I am so sorry. Can you hear me now? I sure can. Uh, sorry about that, and thank you, moderator, for your service this morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just happened to listen to a podcast last night with this very um, well, with the present one of our favorite presenters, um, and I, that person was talking about how insecure um, Bill was growing up, and until he started making money, really, um, or I guess it was his his image that he felt made him who he was and and money and um, doing things that made him seem like he was better than other people. And I was always so insecure. I can really relate to this. Um, once I had an education, once I got married, once all of a sudden things started to feel like I was somebody and I had never felt like that before. And um, money, self-image, they became my God. Um, and food, of course. But I didn't know food was my God. I really didn't. And that was the weirdest part because, um, well, I didn't know any of those things were my God. But especially I did not know food was my God. I always thought that I loved God. I went to church, whatever. I sang in church. And... Um, <laughs> It's just the strangest thing how you can be blinded by something like that. So um, I really felt so much like Bill in this, and I felt compassion for him because he thought he was riding high, and he really he thought that things were going great, and kind of they were on the outside, and that was that was the trick I think when things appear like you know in the world like things are going well, um, it's very tricky. And I just found out recently that my food plan, which I thought was terrific, um, was all wrong for my body. And I actually had, I feel like God was in the midst of this saying to me, through my sponsor, you need a nutritionist. Get a nutritionist. So I did, and I found out that my food plan wasn't right. And so I was eating like 600 calories less, not getting the nutrients I needed. So God is in charge. I am not. And every day I must ask myself, who is my God? And it isn't me. And I'm so grateful today for that. So thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lisa. All right, Amy L., you're up next, followed by Judith S.P. Just a reminder to include your state when you introduce yourselves. Go ahead, Amy. Good morning. Can I be heard? You sure can. All right, great. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Hi, this is Amy L. My name is A-I-M-E-E, -E, and I'm in Michigan. Um, so I am back from a relapse. So I think today is day eight. And this reading, actually, I read it yesterday because I'm going through the steps again with my sponsor, and it really hit me about all the I, 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 I. And our first person that read and um, shared it, really hit home. Um, so if I can do this, I can do this. If I can do this, I can do this. That was where I was really stuck and where led to my relapse. So I, um, you know, I do have more weight to lose. I'm about halfway there, but I've seen so much success when I was going through my steps the first time. 
I got the, I got this and I stopped doing the things that I need to do. My 11 steps, my 12 steps, my 10 steps, all that kind of stuff. I stopped doing all my, you know, where I sit down, I spend time with um, God every day and just digging into the word. And with that, I became the self-reliant person. When you do that is when you're really in trouble. Um, so for me, it was, I can have a little bit of this. I can have a little bit of this. I can have a little bit of this to the point uh, where I was on day long binges where I felt like I was completely out of control. However, now, um, you know, in this new day, I am spending time with God every day. I'm getting on my knees. I'm doing third step prayers. I'm doing everything I need to. And there's such a big difference, such a big difference in what I'm going through now compared to what I did the first time with that. Even as I was reading yesterday and, and, you know, going through the big book and just reading, I realized how much I missed because I think I was just trying to hurry up and do the steps the first time around. Um, I feel a lot more confident in where I am in my program right now. Um, I feel more secure, but I am, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about my higher power. And through my higher power, I'm able to do it. So thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Amy L. All right. Judith S.P., you're up next, and we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Judith. Hi. Excuse me. Hi, my name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. Grateful to be here, recovered for today. And, um, yeah, thank you, God. And, God, direct my thinking and my words as I speak to this marvelous group here. Um, This is exactly what I needed to hear. In my head. Day, in the mental Judah thinking days, I would have read this paragraph and went, oh, that's interesting. Huh. This is quite a weird little guy. Uh, but to go deeper and to hear, hear all your shares and work on this together reminds me of something that I read a while ago that said, Is there a, isn't there a school of unlearning? And I'm in the school of unlearning right now because my mind and my brain, which sometimes follows with action, is all off course. The ego that I have directed my life with has left me tormented even as I recover because the anxiety and the discomfort in becoming a healthier recovered person sometimes really gets me uh, very nervous and very distressed. It's not always miracles and joy and love and peace for me. Many times it is. And when Bill knew that the law was not for him, if we look at the paragraph before, he came to that decision because he was drunk in law school. So how good was his decision? How good or Judith's decisions when she's been in the food. Not good at all. Lots of anger, lots of resentment, lots of judgments, and lots of expectations. All things that move me so far away from God that if you shared with me God is the answer, I would have said I had no idea what you're talking about. And today I know because I have been feeling so good that I thought I could have a little more of my abstinent foods and a little bit more of my abstinent foods. And then God pulled me out of the traffic, out of running into traffic and said, wait a minute, where are your tools? Where is your trust in me? 
you have got to do this program every day. Every day, as many on this line have said, is a reprieve. It is not something I consider my laurels about. I had no idea I was going to share today, but thank you, God, and thank you, my fellows, for being here, because in this day, my closeness to God has been recommitted as I go forward. Thank you for letting me share. Uh, thank you so much, Judith S.B. All righty. Before we continue with the second group of names, we are in Bill's story on page two, the second paragraph, beginning with, by the time I had completed the course and reading through one paragraph, ending with, I discovered many more reasons later on. Who else would like to share on this paragraph this morning? Janice S. Janice S., gotcha. Jackie A. from Connecticut. Hey there, Jackie A. Nice to hear you. Who else? Hattie W. from Rhode Island. Is that Kathy W.? It's Hattie. H-A-T-T-I-E. Sorry about that. Hattie W., okay. All right. We have room, plenty of room for more. All right, we'll get these three, and I'm sure we'll get some more later. John N. from Charleston. Oh, there's John N. from Charleston. All right. Rona D. How do you spell that, Rona? B-R-O-N-A-G-H. B-R-O-N, okay. All right. And anybody else want to... Join us here on this second group. Lisa L. Lisa? Vanita? Jessica S. from Ohio. Okay, and we're going to stop right there. So this is who I have. Janice S., Jackie A., Hattie W., John M., Rona G., I think I got that right, Vanetta L., and Jessica S. If I got it a little bit wrong, you can uh, correct me when you introduce yourself. Please include your state. Janice S., you're up next, followed by Jackie A. Go ahead, Janice. Janice, it's still one. Good morning. This is Janice from Tennessee, Janice S. from Tennessee. Um, when I read this this morning, the first thing was like a flashback um, to decades of my life. Um, I remember it was kind of like chasing one thing after another. I remember when I was young and my kids were very young, I thought, well, I'll, I'll quit the job I have now because I'm just so unhappy, but I'll go to nursing school because if I've always wanted to be a nurse. If, if I go to nursing school, then I'll be happy. So I, I quit my very good job I had, and I went to nursing school for three months, and, and that didn't work out because my husband at that time was, not a great you know, person, and, and he didn't work, so my kids decided they needed to eat every day, so I had to go back to work. And then, then the next thing I decided, well, you know, I'm, I was going to be in a band and become a singer because I was going to be the next great Patsy Cline, you know, and so I, I started singing in a band and, and sang on the weekends and all the little nearby bar joints and everything, and it turned out I was not the next Patsy Cline, so 
That was another failure. It was just one thing after another. I was going to be the next great thing, and I was searching and searching for whatever that was that was going to make me happy. In the meantime, I just kept getting heavier and heavier and eating and eating and eating. And the thing was, is I was searching for something, trying to cover up pain because I didn't understand. I didn't know that I had this addiction. I didn't understand. I was on diet after diet after diet. So when I read this this morning, I I remembered chasing something, trying to find something because I didn't want to face, I didn't want to look in the mirror and see what the problem was. And that's what I related to when I read this morning. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Janice S. Jackie A., you're up next, followed by Hattie W. Go ahead, Jackie. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, Something that I had done when I was younger was when I was 21 to 25, I had dated a man, and we were young and up and coming. And um, I used to, I just had graduated from social work school, and of course, I met them in an alcoholic institution, a.k.a. a bar. And I think that was probably the last time I shared a pizza with people. Um, and, and then I remember that day of feeling like elated and learning that this person had worked in business. And that was not my cup of tea. I had many prejudices back then. And, um, and we, I look back and I'm like, wow, we used to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on Rubbermaid containers sitting outside on a patio. And by the end of the relationship, it was $200 dinners on a Wednesday. And I was still making my menial wages um, in social work because I had beliefs. But to save money, even though we had $200 dinner on a Wednesday, I was eating jars of peanut butter at nighttime working at the shelter because I was lonely. Well, it wasn't just that I was lonely. I was hiding. I was a compulsive eater. There were nights where I would get to bed after not being home for maybe let's say uh, one and a half days going to school, commuting, coming back, doing my internship, and I would be up in the middle of the night cracking peanuts by the microwave in the dark. And he used to call me Bubbles, and he'd be like, Bubbles, come back to bed. <laughs> and I would be like, you know, I was, I was sick. I was really sick. I, was, I, I de- developed exercise bulimia then. He was a CrossFitter, and I wanted to keep up. I was insecure. I was making you know, pennies, decimals compared to the people that were working in finance down in Stanford. And um, I used to exercise nine miles a day. I got down to my lightest. I was by accident anorexic. And when we broke up, I went cross country. Part of the thing I was told in that relationship was you shouldn't drive far by yourself. And I was a defiant little lady. I was a social worker. And I decided that I was going to go across the country for two weeks. And that's where I had my first spiritual experience. It was, you know, have a castaway moment and start talking to a volleyball in the middle of the desert that I didn't have with me in the car. Or I had a bike sale. Um, Or, you know, seven hours without cell phone service and radio service in Arizona. Beautiful place. I, I started talking to God. I got out of the car, I went to go get stamps and use the bathroom, and the person that was in the post office work, or the worker, said what was on my mind in the car. 
Now, mind you, I'm hours away and just ended a relationship, and I am not financially stable, and I'm trying to make my way. And I, I, oh, thank you. So I, I was very sick on that trip, and but I'm grateful that God spoke to me in those moments of clarity. So thank you so much, and I look forward to more share. I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Jackie A. Hattie W., you're up next, followed by John M. Go ahead, Hattie. Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Hattie W. from Rhode Island. Um, I wanted to share this morning because there was so much that was my story in this paragraph. Um, I, I did know when I was Bill's age that the direction I was headed wasn't for me. I was an early seeker for some connection to a higher power, uh, something that I hadn't gotten in my in the religion of my childhood. And uh, at at Bill's age, I was on Wall Street too. I thought I had arrived when I started to work on the 104th floor of the World Trade Center. I thought I was just at the top of my game, and all I was was at the top of a building. Um, I was I had an expense account. I had um, I had a the biggest income I'd ever thought I would even make in my life. Uh, I had a um, family that was impressed with where I'd gone and how I had arrived, and and I was lost. I was completely lost. I had no no um, confidence in the world that I had stepped into. I had no um, satisfaction there. I was. It was an empty life for me. It was an empty career. And and in my heart, I felt empty. And what did I do? But I used that expense account. I went out to lunch. I took my sources out to lunch. And and I ate my way through four years of living in New York City. And when I left, my father thought that I had made a, a terrible career decision. And But unfortunately, it was many years before I realized that the, the overeater I took with me out of New York was still with me and was still solving my problems because I didn't know how to solve them in any other way. So Bill's story is so powerful. Um, I, I had a theory that I that I was going to go off and do some creative work and I was going to be, again, at the top of my game. And And my theories didn't work. I was trying to drive it all. And I wasn't I wasn't able to see beyond the food. I wasn't able to see beyond the desire and the need to hide from my emotions. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Hattie. W. John M., you're up next, followed by Rona G. I, you'll have to correct me on that uh, when we get to you. Uh, John, you're up. John M., please hit star one. As I hit, as I see this journey now, it's it's a long, long road, but it's a happy road because we know where we're going. We're heading towards recovery. But for anyone to say that it's easy, uh, I have to scoff. You have to work on yourself, and that's not easy. It's like digging a ditch. I remember when I was a kid, I was 17 and digging ditches at the mines. Every time I dig the ditch, some more water would come up. It's endless. But one day we get up out of that ditch and we're basically done all that hard work. And all that hard work has really paid off. 
And now we're able to face ourselves and face our deepest fears about ourselves. We're able to love others as the second commandment requires. So I'm a happy camper. Basically, uh, we serve a loving God who does not demand results. He only asks that we try. And if we will try, all the powers of heaven will try along with us. So I'm just a grateful, recovering addict of every kind. I've been through A-A-N-A-O-A. If there was another A, I'd have to go through that too. But gradually the beasts get tamed and all these things get knocked down and you look and it's a clear road ahead. So the, the work is worth it. And that's my testimony for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, John from South Carolina. All right, uh, Rona B, you're up next, followed by Vanetta L. And please, uh, you can correct my mispronunciation of your name. So sorry. Not at all. You did a great job. My name is Brona D, and I'm in Ireland. And thank you so much for your service. And the line that I'm on is out of the ally of drink and speculation. I commenced to for- forge the weapon. I had no idea. That, that I had an ally. I had, I had no idea. It was I, I could have told you that I food was my best friend because I isolated and and the disease had led me to isolation an awful lot. So food food was still there when everybody else had had yeah given up and and went on and and I pulled away enough from everybody else. And and I and I would have said it was my best friend. And then it would turn in its flight like a, a boomerang. Yeah, food became my worst enemy. You know, I didn't want it anymore. It was, but I couldn't live without it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't get on and live. And it was cutting me to ribbons. And and my story is, you know, I come into a way and, and the food got removed, you know, but, you know, that reliance on a power greater than myself was there somewhat, but not a hundred percent, you know, and the more pain came, the more surrender came. And for today, thank you God, that I have this ability to know like at the weekend, you know, I got invited to something and I wanted to go so much, but I didn't want to pause in case it wasn't what, what I was being directed to do. You know, I was holding on with white knuckles. I want to go. I want to go. And, and you know, I, I came to see and I, and I keep coming to see that I need to pause. And what would you have me do, guys? You know, where can I be of most service to you and to other people? What's my purpose here? You know, and this is it. Yeah, a different way of living, you know. So what's my ally today, you know, of recovery and following God's will? You know, and I get a chance to live and be present. And yeah, really grateful for everyone doing service on the line and appreciate being here and I'll pass there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brona D from Ireland. All right, Vanetta L, you're up next, followed by Jessica S. Go ahead, Vanetta. L, hit star one to unmute. Thank you. This is Benita L from Georgia. I'm a recovered um, but not cured compulsive overeater who received lots of God's grace and mercy. And um, I'm super grateful for that. So, yeah, you know, I grew up in a whacked out family and grew up with tremendously low self-esteem 
but I was going to prove myself in the world and um, started that off by getting pregnant at 17. And anyway, there was a long journey there um, and professionally too, you know, and but no matter what I accomplished professionally, right, I still had to deal with my anxieties and my just my low lying constant depression that at times wasn't that low lying. And I'm grateful that I found OA when I was 50. Well, I found a food program when I was 50. I didn't get to OA till I was probably 55 or 56 or something. But anyway. Yeah, food had become my friend, and I didn't even know it, and I didn't know that I was controlling how I felt. So I was in a food program, and once I was thin and stuff, and I was stressed at work, and I was driving home, and I thought, oh, a milkshake, but a milkshake will solve my problems, but I can do, I decided I wasn't going to do the milkshake because it wasn't on my food plan. And I never really realized before that moment how stress and my um, eating went together. So anyway, I'm grateful that, you know, I have professional accomplishments and blah, 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 but um, that, that it doesn't cure anything. And um, I'm grateful that today I know who I am. I know that I'm a beautiful, stunningly radiant creation of God, like all of God's other creations and I'm a compulsive overeater and some other addictions that I have to work 12 step programs around to be seen and to help others. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Manita L from Georgia. All right, Jessica S you're up next and then we'll take a couple more names. Go ahead, Jessica. Yes. Hi, this is Jessica S from Ohio. Um, when I was a little girl, my mom, she would write, um, like, on a foul jacket um, each of the careers that my, my sibling and I would, would accomplish. And at the time, I guess she put that I would go up to become a doctor. And I wasn't really interested in that field, so I decided to be an accountant. I thought I could maybe doing the accounting was just as um, just as great as becoming a doctor. So I kind of achieved to that dream, even though I, it didn't really satisfy me. And then, of course, I had a food problem. And I thought, you know, I just enjoyed food. I thought maybe I was just someone there who just loved food. But I didn't realize that at the time that food had became my master, especially by the time that I became um, a 20-year-old and going through college, you know, I thought that food was just something that I just loved to eat, but I didn't realize that I had started to use food as a as a coping mechanism and using it to um, basically, basically, because um, I smoothed my anxiety, basically, control my anxiety. So I guess I was kind of like Bill in this, Bill in this story where he had the drinking and, you know, he uh, going through Wall Street, he's going through Wall Street 
and then even that first line where it said, by the time I had completed the course, I knew that the log was not for me. You know, when when I by the time that I um, went through upper level um, accounting classes, I knew that accounting wasn't for me. And you know, the only reason why I stayed with accounting was because of how it made me feel. It made me feel like I was one of the big shots. You know, I was hanging around um, people uh, basically of Wall Street. I was hanging around prestige um, people. I was hanging around the crowd that made me feel like, hey, I'm somebody. And I wasn't, uh, it made me feel like the dream that my mom had set for me early on. And so I totally just basically lost myself. And, you know, and then I come into this program and it's like, hey, you know, you don't have to prove anyone what you are. You have to be honest to who you are, to yourself. Be honest to yourself. Be honest to God. Be honest to the people around you, which is what the fourth and the fifth step is for. So I'm just really just grateful to be a part of this um, program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And I'm out. Thank you. Jessica asked. Alrighty, so we've got uh, time for if we could do um, yeah a couple more names here. This is Larry. Hey there, Larry. One Ramona more A. Who is that? Ramona a Lenona. One more Ramona time. Ramona A. Ramona <laughs> A. Ramona. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Larry, you're uh, you. next, followed by Ramona A. Go ahead, Larry. Okay, thanks, Rick. Uh, this is Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm from the Chicago area. And um, yeah, I, I, I can relate uh, to Bill. Bill wasn't born. He may have been born an alcoholic. To, you know, he would become one, but he wasn't born under a bridge. He wasn't born drinking. I was not born uh, a heavy child. I may have had a problem with eating. You know, from the get-go, I had a bottle of baby aspirin when I was two and a half. There was some problem, but the thing was is that I wasn't born fat. And as a matter of fact, um, the feedback, as I look back, the feedback that I got from from pretty early on in school and so forth was that um, was that I, I got a lot of uh, uh, feedback, and I saw myself through the lens of other people, and that feedback and. And and while that felt good because I got, you know, positive feedback on things like my physical packaging, I noticed as I got, you know, you start to notice and I, I bought into that false pride. It fed into those exaggerated feelings about who I was. I also got feedback on on other things over time with, uh, with sports and um, um, achievement with that and then later with academics and all that stuff and and that's that's good okay but at the same time what happened with me is because of the progressive nature of this disease the disease just like Bill it took hold on me over time and all that false pride came crumbling down over time and it took a little while and I began to see you know, my insides did not match my outsides and uh, and and that's the you know what I see in this is the progressive nature of this disease. It will tear you down eventually. It will reduce you. It will bring you to your knees. And that's what happened with me, and still can happen with me. I think the beauty of this program is that we get right sized. You know, we're brought up where we need to be brought up through the implementation of these steps. We are also brought down in where we need to be brought down. We're right sized. 
to see ourselves in a more accurate way. That's the beauty of the program for me. I think Bill experienced that. I get the beauty of experiencing that. Perhaps you do as well. So anyways, that's my little chime in there. Thank you, Rick, for all the beautiful service you do. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Ramona A., you will take us out today. Go ahead, Ramona. Hi. 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 Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service. This is Ramona A. in Vermont, and so glad to be here. This is the first recorded daily meeting that I have uh, not recorded a live daily meeting that I've been able to attend in three months. I've been in Australia, which was an extraordinarily wonderful adventure with my son and and his wife and of course my husband. And that was that was great. But I resonate with so much of what other people have said here and, and Bill's story at this point. I did uh, grow up and I just had these dreams, you know, what what I could do, what I was going to do, and and uh, went from one job, and then I went to the Peace Corps, and then I came back and got other jobs, and there was always something else, always something else. And finally, you know, because of having family, I, I uh, knew that I needed to stay at the place that I was, you know, and finally did, you know, kind of sit down and... and um, work really hard on, on that particular job with success in that. But the food was always there. The food was what got me through everything, you know, the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. And what I found, um, the more that I am in program, the sickness that comes is my will coming in. Um, my my self will coming in, and that could could be with food, but mostly it's with other things. You know, I don't stop and say, "Dear God, what is your will in this? What do you really want of me?" And as the last speaker just said, there's times when I learn about myself, and one of those was on the way home um, this last weekend when there was something that happened. Uh, in one of the, in a train station where I was anyway, on the way home. And I uh, just, my self-will came in. You know, I was afraid. I, you know, did something that I wasn't happy about afterwards. And I didn't ask God, you know, what would you have me do right now? You know, pause and do that. And so the, the, um, what happened after that was taking my self-will back again and saying, oh, that was so awful, you're just an awful person, or saying that wasn't so, you know, oh, that wasn't a big deal, whatever. Instead of sitting down and becoming right-sized, as you said, Larry, and saying, yes, um, I'm a human being, I'm a human being, and and uh, go back and what does God want you to do now? Well, God wants you to, to uh, be honest, and yet, be, thank you, come out and be of service to other people. Come out and work your program really hard again. And so with that, I'm here, and I am thank you for the chance to share. And, um, yeah, thank, thank you, you for Ramona. all the good so shares. everyone who shared, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID 
for today, Monday, May 9th, 2022, is 18,936. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Loretta H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Rick, and good morning, everyone on this line who saved my life, along with my precious God, Loretta H. I live in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the sea spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you for letting